Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Happy Monday and happy baseball season. What? Yeah. No, I want football back. <laughs> Super Bowl no. ended like five minutes ago. And that means it's baseball season. Uh, we're, we're, okay, we'll talk about that in the second segment. But Quad like zeros I'm not, I'm in the not, Super Bowl. I'm not ready. Means pitchers and catchers. I'm, 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 it starts in two days. <laughs> but um, we were off last week. We were. You were on vacation. Not vac- I keep saying vacation. Okay. I keep saying vacation. That's the I, second I, time I do this. Okay, I've been... I've been <laughs> I wasn't on vacation. I was on retreat, but I've been holding. I usually, you know, we, we like to say that you know this is a this is a organic conversation, and sometimes we hold back on things that we would talk about in person and leave it for the podcast. And here's here's one of them, and this isn't so organic because we already recorded this, and then the computer deleted it, so he knows what I'm going to tell him. But my question is, why can't you do a podcast without me? No, I've done plenty without you. Yeah, because people are people tune in to listen to you. Oh dear lord! Look at this! Look at the. Picture of our podcast, mm-hmm. Father Manny, nice fancy script. Yeah, yeah. Carly did big that. font, Carly. and then with Jorge Santos, tiny little. But it plain font. Well, you sounded like the genie in a tiny little, you know, tiny little bit of space. But no, it was it was a great retreat. We were a little busy yesterday last week. It was. You were busy. I was gone, and I was on retreat. It was a great retreat with a brother priest. And about five minutes after I got back on Friday, I was like, "Yeah, I need to go back." You know, it's like you know, you were your mom. I walked in, I was calm, cool, collected, and um, the first thing that Jorge had on the agenda of things that he had to present to me... Um, oh, I didn't email it to you, so I wouldn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, instead I got, of, instead I, of texting it to no, you. No, but I got the email, but it was still the first thing we talked about when I got to the office. It was something that I, you know, um, uh, we, we, I don't want to speak about on on the podcast, but it was something dirty and, you know, whatever. It's... Stuff that breaks. Oh, now now you're making it sound even worse. Oh no no no! But it, it's something that broke. A septic tank broke. There you go. That, there that's you go. so we. That's <laughs> so you can tell what we literally talked about. <laughs> All right, and now our our, our podcast has uh, has delved into things that we never never thought. Anyhow, but it was a great retreat and um, busy week last week for everybody. Busy for me on the spiritual side, and uh, you know when, we, when I when I saw the reading sometime during the retreat last week, I opened up the readings. For, for Sunday because I'm like, hey, no, I got extra time to prepare the homily because I'm here in silence and I'm here, you know, on retreat and I have more time to spend with the Lord and and to look, you know, and open up these readings. And obviously the, the gospel yesterday and the first reading was about leprosy and someone who is unclean. And I think that it's the perfect uh, gospel to lead us into Lent, which begins on Wednesday. Not uh, intentional, by the way. It just happened no, no, to it just fall ha- yeah. that way in the cycle. Exactly. It, you know, so if Lent would have started last week, it would have ended with the previous week's gospel. So uh, to start off with something, you know, with this, with these two gospels of, you know, Jesus performing a miracle for someone who is unclean. So for me, it was very simple. It's like, look at, okay, us, we may not have leprosy, but we may have blotches on our bodies or on our souls and on our hearts that we need the Lord to make clean. And that's what Lent's all about. But for us to better understand that, I think I, I spent a lot of time with, with the first reading because 
The first reading is so detailed, sometimes a little gruesome and, and a little harsh. You know, Leviticus chapter 13, Mo, Moses and Aaron hear these instructions from the Lord. If anyone has a skin or a scab or a posture or a blotch, which appears to be the sore of leprosy. Now, this is where the people at the 1230 Mass in Spanish got a kick out of it. Because you're, if you have any of those, you have to present yourself to the priest. And the priest is the one who has to declare you unclean. And so, you know, when when uh, when I read that, and then I preached about it at 1230, because I had the 9 o'clock Mass, so I preached to the children, and I was... Some people were marveling. I don't know why. To me, it was pretty pretty obvious how I used the leprosy and got and got the Super Bowl into that. I'll get to that in a second. Of course, of course. I mean, it's called the <laughs> homiletic gymnastics, which I've gotten good at over twenty two years, especially with children. So, you know, I joked at the twelve thirty mass. It's like, you know, I'm glad this is the, that the priesthood has evolved from the the the, um, the Hebrews. Uh, uh, priesthood that you don't have to come to me to be declared unclean it's like for example and and i use this we had this gospel right at during the pandemic three years ago we're about to by the way in in april we've done the whole cycle on this podcast oh except for the summer which we're off but you know so i said imagine if you will that on on top of your positive test when you got tested positive for covid you had to come to me to say, yes, you're unclean and you can't come to church. Well, that's what it meant. Mm-hmm. The priest was saying, you couldn't go near people. The, the one who bears the sore of leprosy, God told Moses and Aaron, shall keep his garments rent, his head bare, he shall muffle his beard. In other words, how Jorge looks this morning. I'm kidding. He looks fine. He shall, your, your beard looks fine. Your hair is nice, nicely trimmed. He shall cry out, unclean, unclean. And as long as the sore is on him, he shall declare himself unclean, since he is in fact unclean. He shall dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. And who is the one that directed that? It was the priest. And it was the priest who, and now mind you, I'm on a priesthood retreat. So I'm, you know, going deep into my priesthood, my vocation. It's a renewal of my vocation. It's me going in and, and saying, you know, Lord, thank you for being a priest. Lord, why am I a priest? Because sometimes people drive me crazy. Um, sometimes people in this room, that's another story. Oftentimes. Uh, oftentimes. N- not today yet, you know, but today is young. So challenge accepted. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So I, I go, well, look, look at that. So the priests, you know, are the ones that have to have this big responsibility, you know, in the Mosaic priesthood in the Aaronite priesthood to say, okay, oh, let me look at you. You have leprosy Psh, out unclean get out of church and we kind of felt like that and people were nodding we kind of felt like that during covid covid was a new leprosy covid was you know us you know a little test telling us we need to separate us ourselves and social distancing and i can't go to church and i can't go to work and i can't do this and i can't do that because of that little positive test that we got and I said that's why I said thankfully I wasn't involved in that now on the flip side of that if you go all the way to the end of yesterday's gospel the priest is the one also who and Jesus says go show yourself to the priest he says that to, to, to this man he said to the ten lepers in the gospel here around Thanksgiving mm-hmm. 
Go show yourself to the priest because the priests are the ones that can declare you clean. See, now that's what I do. Because when you walk into the confessional, I'm getting ahead of myself, you know, because I want to unite both the front and the back end of this. The priest is the one that declares you clean. That's what I do in the confessional. You are clear, clean from your sin. You're clean from whatever it is that is afflicting you. But in order to get to that point, we got to dive into this encounter, if you will, between Jesus and the leper, which was so powerful. Um, and, and just a couple of final thoughts on, on Leviticus before we move on to the beginning of the gospel. You know, I, I, I read, I, have, I hadn't looked at Scott Hahn's, um, Dr. Scott Hahn's Bible Reflections in a while. And it, he was so spot on. You know, we talk, we, I, I think this is the first time I, I, I know I mentioned it, but I, you know, we talk about Bishop Barron's homilies and we talk about, you know, maybe the Pope's homilies and different other homilies, Father Andrews. Um, but we got to remember that for, for the Jews, leprosy or any disease for that matter is a punishment from God. That's how they see it. Yep. And considered unclean, unfit to worship or live with the Israelites, lepers are consider, considered, the, and this is Scott Hahn's meditation, stillborn. Okay? The living dead, and that's from Numbers 12, 12. It's like they're walking around there like zombies. And the requirements imposed on lepers in the first reading are signs, you know, rent garments, shaven head, you know, muffled beard. They're signs of death, of penance, of mourning. You think of, you know, David went through that in the book of Kings. That, that, that's a great, you know, we just read Samuel and Kings and, uh, you know, during the last, you know, three or four weeks in the, in the gospel, in, in, the, in the Daily Mass in the first reading. Go through that. There's such great stories, especially the first readings last week with Solomon. Amazing stories. And there's signs of, of death, of penance, of mourning. So these people were literally walking around like the walking dead. Never seen the show, but I heard they say it's good. Don't have any interest in it. Nice. And mind you, they're walking around completely outside of, yeah. of you know, it, and Father Andrew made the joke, you know, it's not just crossing 57th, you know, kind of took a dig at, at my Shenley Park neighbors. It's a nice neighborhood. It, you know, but it, it's not like you're expelled from Coral Gables and you, and you have to go, you know, to another to Shenley Park across 57. No, it was you're expelled. You're out in the yeah. desert. Like there's nothing out there. And the reason you yell unclean, unclean is because if people come in contact with you, they themselves become unclean. So you don't want them to come in contact mm -hmm. with you. So that you, you're yelling. So like for example, when and it still happens to me, you know, somebody approaches. Oh, look, it's you know, it's Angie. And Angie has COVID. You know, instead of leading in, you know, for hug or kiss, I don't know, Father. You know. I have, I have a cold, and no, but which is something that people would do more or less before COVID. You know, maybe not to the extent we do now, yep. but you alienate yourself. You don't know, no, look, I'm unclean. I'm, I have a cold. Don't, don't go near me. So this is the, this is the living dead. Now, I, I love this little tidbit that Scott Hahn offers us, that there's more to today's gospel than just, or yesterday's gospel than just a miraculous healing. You go back to uh, this story that comes up once a year in Lent, and we're going to hear in the next 40 days. Elisha, invoking God's name, healed the leper, Naaman. And it, to, to prove that there was a prophet in Israel. And today's healing reveals that Jesus is far more than a great prophet. He is God visiting his people, because only God can cure leprosy from sin and cleanse sin. 
Only God can cure leprosy and cleanse us from our sins. Only God has the power to bring about what he wills. And so he says the gospel scene has an almost sacramental quality to it because what happens in the gospel, if we go back to the gospel, you know, and I'll read it right now because it's so important. Leper came to Jesus. And I always say this about St. Mark. And this is something that was not taught to me in seminary. It's something that reading Mark through the years, like, my goodness, Mark is so attuned to the details. Even though it's the shortest of the Gospels, Mark really nails the details. And you have to pay attention to the details. And here are the details. Mark came to Jesus and kneeling, here's a detail, kneeling down, begged Jesus and said, if you wish, you can make me clean. So two details there. Knelt before Jesus and then begged. So the leper had to know that this was more than a prophet. The leper had to know that knowing that God can only cure leprosy, that this had to be the Son of God. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand. Now, this is where Dr. Scott Hahn mentioned that there's a sacramental quality. Because what I do be, during confession, at the end for absolution, I stretch out my hand. Now, normally I can't touch the person because there's a glass between us. But what does he just do? He stretched out his hand, touched him, and said, I do will it be made clean. Why do I say touch him you know, with a higher voice? Okay, Because Jesus, and that's the point that I made at the Spanish Mass yesterday, who is purity himself, who, you know, there's n no man other than Mary that walked this face of the earth that is more pure than Jesus, he himself touched an unclean man. Which would have rendered him unclean as well. Exactly. But yet, he touched him mm -hmm. to make him clean. And this is Jesus taking on our infirmities. This is something from the suffering servant hymn that we hear on Good Friday. Him taking on our infirmities, him taking on our offenses, him taking on our, lo taking on our lowliness. And so Jesus does this and now, mind you, there, there's no people watching. There's no people judging in this gospel, thankfully. There's no people saying, oh, no, Jesus is unclean now. But I'm sure there were. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you hear that later in the gospel. But the leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then Jesus warmed him sternly as he, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, so he said you to no one. But go, again, what I said earlier, he show yourself to the priest. Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. So Jesus, again, doesn't come to abolish the law. He comes to fulfill the law. So he's still working within the parameters of Jewish law, more or less, because he does touch somebody who's unclean. But really, you know, that's why, you know, we were talking about the sacraments three years ago when we were still going through the pandemic and saying the sacraments are not, you know, for the socially distant when we baptize, when we yep. anoint, you know, when we... Or for the TV screen. Exactly. <laughs> you have to... It's tactile. Mm. When we ordain. You know, I, I feel bad sometimes for Father Andrew because Father Andrew, yes, the bishops, the bishop, the archbishop imposed hands on him. and But he didn't have the the wonder and the awe and, and, and also the pain of kneeling for 25 minutes as the entire presbyter comes by to lay hands on yep. you because there's only maybe 40 priests that... His, his, his ordination, but but even but but the sacrament of holy orders it was done very carefully because he was 
you know, right during the pandemic. Doesn't make his ordination any less valid. He was, but when the archbishop anoints my hands, anointed his hands, you know, I had Favalora who loved oil, being a good Italian, and spread that all around my hands and put his thumb in there, and, and it was very tactile. So you see Jesus in the details that St. Mark uses to say, stretched out his hand, touched him, and said, I do will it be made clean. See, that's the sacrament of confession, and Jesus brings it back to the Mosaic law, and he goes, and, and when you do that, that will be enough for them. That will be proof for them. Now, we don't know if he did that or not, because the end of the gospel says, well, we should be doing when we're cleaned, when we're cleansed, when we're purified, whatever leprosy we may have. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming in from everywhere. Ah, but here, 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 I, I made this little connection. Not that Jesus became a leper, but, became, but Jesus, because of what happened, because of what this man started, had, to, had to start living like a leper on the outskirts, on the margins of society, had to go and, and you know, remain outside in deserted places, which is where the lepers dwelled. Mm-hmm. Again, Jesus comes out to meet us where we're at. And that's what the beauty of, of our Lord's mercy is. That's what the beauty of these next 40 days are, that Jesus comes to meet us where we're at. And so I said, see, we may not have leprosy, but leprosy may have different names in our lives. It could be sin. It could be some illness. It could be something. And we need to have the same faith as this leper. Kneel before the Lord and say, if you wish, you can make me clean. Do we have that faith? Yeah. There's a, there's one other detail there. Even before the kneeling, is the leper approached Jesus, which was anathema? Yeah, you know you can't do that. If if you're unclean, you you have you see someone coming, you you know cross the street, stay stay away. And yet, in his faith, approached Jesus, you know, came to Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm gonna get a little uh, controversial here because let's talk about yesterday. And there was a, a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, there was a the, the Super Bowl commercial, and we've seen it, this group. These commercials Jesus, have come up. Jesus gets us. It's he been, gets it's us. It's behind home plate at some baseball right. games. Yeah, they've they have know, money. They've picked up a, a lot of steam, and and they've put out a lot of powerful ads. Uh, this one in particular, though, shows several images of different people washing each other's feet. Without getting into the into the details of those images, the issue here, and and really why, why this detail of this leper approaching Jesus, is that Jesus could snap his fingers and make le- leprosy disappear around the world instantly if he wanted to, because he's God, and if he wills it, he could make that happen. And yet, the faith of this leper said, as we read this story, as we as we meditate on this, recognizing his own leprosy. And in our day, rep- recognizing our own sin, we go to Jesus. We don't just wait, sit back, and let Jesus come to us. Mm-hmm. Right? In faith, we need to go to Jesus and say, I am unclean. You know, I am sinful. And I don't want that. So if you will it, let me be clean. Right? And and Jesus doesn't say, Yeah, it's fine. You know, you're you got leprosy. I'll make you part of the community again, but you know, hang on to your leprosy, right? He doesn't say, "Yeah, you're 
you're sinful. I'll forgive you, but the sin's fine. You know, keep doing what you're doing and come back over and over again and, and keep asking for, for mercy and I'll snap my fingers and it's all good. You know, it's okay. You know, it's in faith we go to Jesus and we say, I am a sinful man. You know, I have this blotch on my soul. I have this thing that is a burden to me and I want to get rid of it and I can't do it on my own, but you can. Right? And Jesus repeatedly, repeatedly, Yes, you are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Right? So he, he doesn't normalize the sin. Right? He didn't normalize the leprosy. Right? But it's in that detail of going to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? Because in Lent, you know, and, and you mentioned it right now, we Jesus comes to us. And yes, there is there is kind of a running towards each other. But this detail of the leper going to Jesus, kneeling before him. Right? It, Mercy and the forgiveness of sins requires repentance. You know, so so my issue with this commercial is that 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 kind of gets removed. That part of the equation gets completely ignored, right? Because as we enter into this season of of Lent, as we as we approach Easter now, we we must be repentant. We must recognize our own sin and take that to the Lord so that He can remove it. From us, right? But true repentance requires, and not not an ideal. Actually, true repentance requires this disdain for sin, right, and a desire to sin no more. I and I think that's the issue that I had because I was out. We were at the same Super Bowl party, and I was outside uh, talking with the hostess. Uh, we were geeking out over uh, one of the movie trailers that came out. We were rewatching it, um, and and, I, and usually I'm very, like the game. I know the first quarter. We'll talk about this in the second segment. Yeah. First quarter of the Super Bowls are garbage because everybody's still nervous and nothing ever happens. And nothing happened last night. And so during the game, we walked out and then we walked out to geek out over this movie ad. Um, you know, I didn't notice that they went back to commercial. Because me, commercials are like, well, that's the entertainment. Yeah. Okay, especially in the first quarter. And so when I walk in. You know, everybody said, Father, did you see the, the Jesus wash the feet at? And then, you know, and then her dad was there. Did you see the Father wash his feet at? And so I went on my phone and rewound, you know, on, on YouTube and, and saw it. Yep. And and I'm like, two, two, they, they have, so what it was was frames of people washing each other's feet, which is fine. You, right. And Jesus, that's what yeah, Jesus tells for us. Sure. Just like I have, who have your master and Lord, that wash yep. your feet, you should wash each other's feet. Yep. And didn't know we were going down this rabbit hole this morning. All right. And then, uh, I think three stills in, it's in front of an abortion clinic. And so, uh, your sister has a drive, I think, to Orlando this morning, so she'll probably be listening to this. Yeah. She decided to text me and go deep into this during the longest Super Bowl ever played. During the last drive <laughs> of the longest Super Bowl ever played. Now, because I value my life and because she I love your clearly sister. clearly had no rooting interest in this. No, 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 she did. She just decided that that was a moment that she wanted to engage her pastor in this. Now, because I love your sister and because I fear for my life, I engaged her in this conversation because it was a conversation I wanted to have. Yep. Maybe not at that moment. And, and and at one point, as they were getting closer, it's like, oh, gee, can we table this until the game is over? And then literally two seconds after that, they scored the winning touchdown. Okay, so it's like, <laughs> as soon as I sent that. But... But you know what? What you just said, 
both raised by the same parents. Um, what you just said is, and, and I'm going through the text last night, is exactly the, the part that your sister, and I apologize, Gina, that I'm reading your text out on, 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 on podcast. She'll uh, just uh, appreciate the shout out. Oh, absolutely. She <laughs> loves it when we shout out. So this is at 1038 last night when it was right after San Francisco kicked the go-ahead field goal mm. in overtime. So I keep thinking about the Jesus washed feet commercial. Mind you, this happened in the three hours quarter. ago. <laughs> okay. Four, actually four hours ago, because I was at 630-ish. Okay. Okay, so Father, correct me when I where I'm where I'm wrong. They aren't totally wrong. They're not. You, okay. And, I'll, maybe, and I'll, I'll give them that credit. Yeah, it is. Know. It's maybe not portrayed correctly, but it's not wrong. God has infinite mercy for us. We're all human. We all make mistakes. Some of our decisions slash choices slash mistakes are probably worse than others. We as humans can't really judge others on that. But at the end of the day, when, she puts when in capital letters, when we repent, which is what you were talking about, Hina Mia did a great job. When we repent, we admit our wrongdoings. And we promise we won't do them again. And so Jesus would still wash our feet, right? Well, yes. Now, again, she puts now in capital letters. I do need to watch the commercial again because maybe there are subliminal messages. I'm, I for sure have been guilty of being like, well, I'm doing something wrong, but I can go just, you know, I could just go to confession and be all good. But this isn't the point of going to confession. And, and when she said that, that's, you know, even, um, you know, even when I read that in the in, in, in the buildup and the excitement of this last drive, which you knew how it was going to end, I read that. I'm like, wow, Gina gets it. And, and it's like the commercials, Gina gets us. I mean, Jesus gets us. Gina gets Jesus. Jesus. Gina gets the sacramental part. You know, I responded. I go, I need to watch it again, too, which I did. Uh, we, we did a pause during during the recording, and I watched it again Well, when George brought it up. I go, but my re initial reaction was that they were condoning abortion, which I, I did a little research on them uh, while when we did that little that you know two minute break, yep. and it's the guy that the, the guy that funds is a billionaire, the one that ran Hobby Lobby, who is staunchly anti-abortion. Yep. Okay, but if you look at it a little deep, because that's what turned me off initially, right. that scene for sure. But if you look at it, I'm like, okay, is Jesus? washing the feet of somebody who may have committed an abortion, somebody who was, who was thinking about it, and then behind him are the protesters laying down their signs and actually talking to each other, not screaming at each other, For sure. which is great. Um, and, she go, and, 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 and your sister said, yeah, that was my initial direction too, but a woman that has had an abortion, she's also still deserving of forgiveness and mercy, no? Absolutely. Go, Absolutely. That's what I said. <laughs> See? <laughs> she goes, he goes, to be honest, life was a lot easier when I didn't care about anything. But she doesn't. <laughs> she has the same heart as her brother. Okay. But um uh so that's when I said, can we can we um can we discuss it another time? Now I missed there is a there is a uh still of a priest um washing the feet in the beach for whatever reasons on a beach of a transgendered person. And 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 here's the point. Is that obviously Jesus loves everyone? That's the point of this campaign of the two minutes that I briefly read, and I've read up on them before, but not not to that extent. Um, but it's causing us to talk about it this morning. So whatever money they paid, and they for played sure. to the nose for production for value sure. and for 
you know, what they paid for airtime during the Super Bowl. It's caused people to talk. But my problem with the organization is the old axiom, it's geared toward the spiritual who may not be religious. Ah, there's mm-hmm. a thing. So you want Jesus, but without any of the rules. Right. But what does Jesus do in it? Well, what's the, the tagline at the end, right? Is Jesus didn't teach hate. He didn't. He washed their feet too. He did. Yeah, and and yes, Judas is that, part of that. Absolutely, a hundred thousand percent. I agree with that in wholeheartedly. He taught love, and true love says, true love set, looks at the other person and says, "This is not right." You know, Jesus looks at the leper, and out of pity, out of love, says, "You are you. I, I'm going to make you clean, right? Because you have been." outcast from society, you have been unable to to go and worship. You've been unable to be part of your community. I'm going to clean you. I'm going to restore you to full health. I'm going to restore you to this community of faith. And that's what Jesus does to us today, every time we go into the confessional. And he says, I'm going to clean you. I'm going to restore you so that you can enter back into this community. Right? He absolutely stood a thousand percent against hatred right but in that love said this is sinful behavior i'm gonna i'm gonna forgive i'm gonna i'm gonna cleanse you of it i'm gonna forgive you but don't do it again right and and that's why you know as we as we see these images we have to be we have to spend this time and dissect these messages right because Someone can look at that and say, yeah, Jesus was, you know, hippie Jesus. We love hippie Jesus, right? Where you, you just said it. You get all the you get all the lovey-dovey stuff, but you avoid the rules. Right? No, Jesus did not hate. Jesus loved, but that love comes with very, very clear rules and restrictions. And those are good rules and good restrictions because they come from a place of love. They are, and notice that Jesus... Uh, in this gospel, it says, "Go and do what Moses prescribed." Mm-hmm. So this fat, this heresy, and I'll call it as it is, it is a heresy. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. That's just coward. Yep. It's saying I want to do things my way, not God's way. My way. God gave us the Ten Commandments. God gave us the law. God gave us, and Jesus doubles down and it says, go do what Moses prescribed. So, no, you cannot be spiritual without being religious. You need to attach yourself to some structure because then you're just doing what you want. And so, yes, this sparks conversation. I think it's important conversation. I imagine it was conversations around like-minded people like us in different Super Bowl parties yesterday because it was topic of conversation yesterday. It was a topic of conversation during overtime between... Your sister and I. While you were talking, I just warned her uh, <laughs> that we said, and she, and she was all, "Thank you, Father." Uh, but we love you, Gina. We do. Uh, don't, don't go crazy in Orlando this week. Anyways, so we look at this gospel, and 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 to kind of like frame it and how you did with this ad that came out last night. Um. There were things were very in your face, and Jesus is very in your face. Mm-hmm. You know, you literally had a black man and a white man, and what looked like Uncle Tom's cabin. You know, washing. You know, one I forget. I think it was a white man washing the black man's feet, 
and I go look. This is Uncle Tom's cabin because it's a cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had immigrants, you know, being you know watched coming out of buses. So it did take political overtones because sure. you mentioned I didn't notice it either that there was a Black Lives Matter protest also. Uh, that two people were washing each other's feet, right. and signs were put down, and you yep. see that you see what the signs are. Right. So yeah, you could go through and dissect it. Right. But and to be clear, Jesus absolutely loves every single one of those people. Oh, for sure, as do we. Exactly. You know, so this is this is not casting down judgment on anybody. In, in case that's the angle, people we're not. might, might no, 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 we're, we're not. What we are criticizing is sometimes the subversive nature of the message. Yes, Jesus gets us is the is is yep. the campaign. Mm-hmm. Jesus understands us. And I said it earlier. Jesus touches this man and yep. becomes unclean himself. He it is his it is our infirmities he bore, mm-hmm. Isaiah tells us. But what your sister said and what you said, there has to be repentance. Mm-hmm. Yes, he gets us, but how does he get us? He gets us in terms of like Oh, yeah, I get you, dude. I get you. But then he gets us to be part of his life. But to be part of his life, we have to leave that life behind. Yep. To, to quote the other fallacy that people tell me, oh, Jesus ate with prostitutes and sinners. Yes, he did. But after he ate with them, they changed their life. They became saints. Yep. So all of these people, if Jesus washed their feet, whether they are sinful or not, because the people that are not, you know, not necessarily sinful, they weren't doing sinful things. Right. Okay. If Jesus is washing their feet, then it is an invitation to enter into the life of Jesus. Because that's what the leper did at the end of the gospel. At the end of the gospel, Jesus tells, you know, he tells them, don't, don't go, you know, don't tell anybody, because this is a, a hallmark of St. Mark. Jesus didn't want people to know he was until mm-hmm. the hour had come. So at the end of the gospel, the man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad, and it was impossible for Jesus to enter openly into any town. He shared the joy and the good news of what Jesus had done for us. Because when you truly encounter Jesus, when you present to him your leprosy and say, Jesus, I need to be healed from this. Heal me. Curame. Saname. I love the. That's why I love when I preach in Spanish. It gets more. You're know, like, ah. <laughs> okay, it's more romantic. It's you know, one, of, one of the images was an alcoholic. Yeah. Oh and, yes. And, all the bottles around them. And after Jesus washed her feet, she wouldn't have picked up another bottle. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Is that, or at least she would have tried really, really hard not to. <laughs> but that's. That, but what's the, what's step one? It's surrender. Yep. It's surrender to a higher power. Mm-hmm. That higher power has a name. His name is Jesus Christ. We talked about the 12 steps on during yep. the retreat last week because Jesus predated the 12 steps. Step four is taking personal inventory. And I, I, don't know if, I don't know if that's, but it's, no, it's not me. It's, it's recognizing what all the things that I've done wrong because of my addiction, whether it be alcohol, whether it be, whether it be uh, drugs, whether it be porn, whether it be sex addiction, whether it be a gambling addiction, what have I done wrong? And then step five is to tell someone and God who what you did. That's confession. Jesus predated the 12 step by 2,000 years. By 2,000 years. Read a great article on that 20 years ago from the Bishop of St. Augustine at the time. And so, my friends, 
and this is what I harped on at the end of my homily yesterday, is that whatever, each of us has a leprosy. Each of us has a scab, a wound, a postule that may be visible and may be hidden, but you know about it, and Jesus definitely knows about it, because as the ad says, Jesus gets us. Yep. Well, you know, they call it a come to Jesus moment for a reason, and yeah. that's and that's the detail that I love in this in this gospel. He did is is that's not just sitting back and you know Jesus gets me, it's all good. It's no, it's this literally come to Jesus moment. Right, the the leper approaches Jesus, kneels before him, and begs for mercy. Right, but the first step is going to him. Right, you know, the first step wasn't Jesus coming out. The first step was this leper taking it literally taking a step towards Jesus, right? Go to him. And that's what Lens is for. And that's why on Wednesday you have 40 days to get it right, to use the resources at your disposal. You know, I said I was, it's, it's extraordinary time-consuming, not just, you know, sitting five minutes in a studio isn't, isn't the time-consuming part, it's the preparing part of the daily relent and reflections. So if you want to go back, I, I listened to a couple of them during the during the retreat. They're not time specific to that to what was happening a year ago. Maybe during the I may I may mention to something that was going on, but you can go back and listen to it and you know the daily lens reflections if you want on, from this podcast. You can Hallowed had a beautiful ad with Mark Wahlberg and Jonathan Rumin from The Chosen during yesterday. Download the Hallow up. It's going to be information in the bulletin this weekend. Yep. And yeah, the, the Pray 40 Challenge. The Pray 40 Challenge. Uh, we're going to have the books from the nuns. We had to put the books up for the nuns yep. out. Uh, from the Carmelite Sisters. Beautiful reflections. There's a few copies left of the Word Among Us. has some beautiful Lenten reflections that some people have. So, and, and all over the internet. It's Dr. Scott Hahn does, you know, does reflections yep. uh, that the, we mentioned earlier. The uh, Parish app, if you haven't downloaded it, it's going to have the special Lenten buttons there again. There you go. So, so there's, there's plenty of resources. Over. And the main thing, my friends, the main thing before all these reflections are the daily Mass readings. If you really, instead of giving up something, if you really want to do something, go to daily Mass. Go to daily Mass because the Scriptures every day, they're stirring. They move us and they help us to approach the Lord. And if I could put a bow on the the Jesus gets us thing that you brought up, Jorge bringing curveballs this morning. Um, since it's baseball season, as you open the show, it is okay. And I have a baseball <laughs> in my hand. Um, like I said, it's it's a beautiful message, and I'm glad people have the money to to bring Jesus to the forefront. Yep. Yeah, there were people that were criticizing on Twitter, you know, last night, but you know, whatever. Um, obviously, that costs. M- Millions. I forget what the, the ad buy was. It was seven and a half million per thirty seconds. I don't know what it was, but it was a minute commercial. So it's double that. Yep. Um. And it's something that I remember reading an article about this about twenty years ago. That the Catholic Church kind of ceded the airwaves to evangelicals. We used to have Fulton Sheen on in the fifties, highest one of the highest rated shows on TV. Now, mind you, there wasn't much on TV, but people would watch Fulton Sheen. People would listen to Fulton Sheen. Venerable Fulton Sheen, soon to be beatified. And he would teach with authority. We talked about that in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, not that the church, I'm, I'm saying that the Catholic Church needs to take out a Super Bowl ad. 
Um, I think we have pretty good, you know, advertising on our own. That's what our churches are for. They call to us. They invite us in. But it does spark conversation, what we saw last night. Just like the, you know, we're, we'll be debating in the second segment what happened during the game and all that stuff. But the commercials, and look, and then the, and people had opinions about the halftime show. We got opinions about this commercial and that commercial and this that commercial. Uh, but that was probably the one that, it, you know, at least if you're a Catholic, if you're if you're if you're if you're Christian, it should have sparked yep. something in you. But again, problem that I had is, you know, emphasize the spiritual over the religious. It's supposed to be both. Supposed to be both, because Jesus was born into a religion. Jesus observed that religion yep. to the T. To the night before he died, he was celebrating the Paschal feast. He was celebrating. Paschal and if you feast. think the Catholic religion has a lot of rules, <laughs> go check out the Jewish religion. Yeah, just read the, uh, look at Leviticus, the leprosy. You know, so this should invite us into further introspection if you will for the prayer what is it that jesus is calling us to what is it that we need to identify in ourselves what leprosy do we have that we need to bring to jesus as jorge said that first detail he approached jesus wednesday we have the opportunity to go up to priest or minister and to have the ashes imposed on our forehead to say i have leprosy because the ashes on a, on forehead or on the head in the Old Testament, as Dr. Scott Hahn said, you know that was a sign of penance, a sign of mourning, a sign of death. Well, it's not just for a cute hashtag. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> not for cute selfies. Or, um, no, it's for us to remember that we are destined to death, we shall return. That we will die one day and we have to stand before the Lord in judgment. But we want to stand before the Lord in purity, just like he who is purity himself made this man pure, made this man clean. So, my friends, what is your leprosy? What do you need to bring before the Lord this Lent? Identify it, come before the Lord, kneel before him, and just simply ask him, Lord, heal me. And with great faith, our Lord will do it. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. What was that last night? So you watched the big game? Yeah, no, I was talking to your sister about, uh, about a commercial. No, of course I watched it. It was. It started off a little sluggish. Thank God we were at a good party. By the way... Um, I've watched football games with you before, and there was like holy chaos going around, going on around us. A lot of children, a lot of people, um, and you were like, I don't know, because you were tired. No, I wasn't you were, tired. You I... were just locked in, and like during the halftime show, especially everybody was dancing around. You were like, like locked in. Well, I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> well, they were singing all the songs. If you ask, no, I couldn't hear anything through the whole game. If you ask me about commentary. Any commercial, the halftime show, all I heard was 
children in that because room you were, you were sitting screaming close to the to their the heart out which is fine that's why they were in the other room but then right next to me were all the wives having their own conversations in my right ear the volume of the of the thing was set to like a thousand that was my fault um so it was just noise and noise and more noise so i you were but you did what and and your wife at some point because she was at one point she was sitting next to me and i was showing her something and then your son came up to her to say something, and then people were screaming. I go, I'm, and I go, I'm on century overload right now, Father. I'm like, okay. But uh, yes, we did watch the game. It started off a little sluggish, but that's the first quarter of Super Bowls are always awful. Always, yeah. always, always. You know, Devin Hester uh, probably is the only one, that, and, got, and congratulated to Devin Hester and Andre Johnson getting into the Hall of Fame uh, last week. I didn't know that. I was on retreat. I didn't know that until Saturday morning. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, but Devin Hester obviously returned a kickoff for a touchdown to open up uh, the Super Bowl here in Miami back, I think it was Super Bowl 41, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, um, yeah, it was Super Bowl 41. I mean, didn't look it up. I'm just saying. It is Super Bowl 41. Look it up if you want. It was Super Bowl 41. So, anyways, um, but it's always sluggish, and because everybody's, you know, they've had, they've been out there. The spectacle, mm-hmm. you know, they're out there for America the Beautiful. They're out there for the national anthem, and you know, and and the player intros, and and thankfully they don't they don't introduce them one by one anymore. And then the the coin flip, and they always had to do a big thing with the coin flip, and they didn't kick off to like six forty last night, and and then there was overtime. Yep. So it was always sluggish, but then it turned into, and and I said this to you. And I said this to Anthony, who was there. I said, watch, the defenses are dominating, but watch the offenses open up. They didn't score touchdowns as you wanted them to score touchdowns, but... Field goal fest. It was, but, <laughs> but, but, and it was long field goals too. Yep. It, it ended up being an all-time epic game, which is three seconds away from yep. a second overtime period, which would have been, and, and the Kansas Cities are not immune to that because they played a second overtime period against the Dolphins in 1971, the longest game ever played. This is the longest Super Bowl ever played. It went 74 minutes, I believe. Oh. Uh, that No, that can't be right. 79 minutes it went. So uh, great game. And to me, people ask me, who's going to win? And, and I go, you have to go Mahomes. The more you got to go Mahomes, and then somebody mentioned last night, you got to go Mahomes, and you got to go Andy Reid. Who's the best coach? Who's the best player mm-hmm. on the field? Who's the best quarterback? Excuse yep. me. Because the thing is, Mahomes did it with that cast. With Marcus Valdez Scanley, who decided to you know to catch the ball during the postseason, yep. with Pacheco, who is a serviceable back, obviously Kelsey's a Hall of Famer, first ballot superstar, having his best life, you know, with Shishua not be named, <laughs> okay, but um, so that's that's it. But offensive line good, mm-hmm. defense spectacular, and Brock Purdy on the other side, he played a good oh, game. He showed out. He played a good game. And you can't criticize Kyle Shanahan for taking the three in overtime because in the, in the fourth quarter, he could have tied it with a field goal and said, no, I'm going to go for it on fourth down to take the lead in the fourth quarter, which he did. Yep. Now, this is the question I wanted to ask you. We were about to talk about it when we had the break between the first segment and the second segment. I'm going to talk about it on the air. Overtime rules in the postseason change because of a whining Josh Allen and whining Buffalo Bills fans when Josh Allen didn't see the ball when the Chiefs in that epic divisional yep. playoff game, I think it was two or three years, three years ago, uh, 
where Kansas City tied the game with 13 seconds, when Mahomes got the ball with 13 seconds, drove down the field and got for the, the tie and field goal to send it overtime. They won the toss. Mahomes scored a touchdown. Allen never saw the ball. So they said, you know what? Postseason, both teams have to see the ball. Then it becomes sudden death. Yeah. So the question is, should it be, you know, you, you win the toss in overtime, you're, you're like conditioned NFL, take the ball, score. In the regular season, you score a touchdown, the game's over. Yeah. That doesn't apply in the regular season. Yeah. So do we go to the college where you say we always want to go second because you want to know what you have to do? That's what I would do. Now we know. But if I asked you that before the overtime started, Oh no! If I, I if I know both teams got a possession, but did you know I, that when you because yes. you said you couldn't hear anything? Yeah, no, I knew that that both teams got possession. Yeah. Okay, so now I, that we know, I know that's a, that's a playoff, right? So now that that's we a playoff know, wrinkle, that which was, is, just makes it more confusing. Just stick to one rule. No, no, but I but I I like it. Shanahan explained it that okay, we scored the field goal. If we held them to a field goal, now if we score again after Kansas City ties it, it's over. Because that means it's come sudden death. Yep. So that explanation makes sense, but Weak. but if you know what the other team has done, that's with Kansas City. Okay, you know what? Third down. I mean, well, they scored, the, they, they the scored announcer three. said it. it every every possession, you, you automatically have a four-down possession. And he had a fourth and one, and it drove, and you could ask Father Andrew because when they called the timeout. Uh, Mahomes lines up in the shotgun, and it drives me nuts when quarterbacks line up in the shotgun on a fourth and one or fourth and short. Yep. When you all need is one yard or less than one yard, and it was a brilliant. They used basically used Kelsey as a decoy because yep. the defense moved with Kelsey, opened up a hole, and Mahomes just yep. you know ran to the right and got the first down. Yep. But ran you get the ball first. You have third and six. You're looking for a first down so on that play. You when, get the ball second. You're facing third and six. You know you got two downs to work. Two with downs. Your- so. If it would have been flipped, San Francisco, when they were down in the red zone inside the 10, and Purdy threw it away on third down because he was blitzed, now he says, okay, now I know I have to go for fourth down because I have to yep. score a touchdown yep. to win this game. I mean, to t- you know, let's say Kansas City would have scored a, t- a, t- a field goal because yep. Kansas City was not playing for I mean, they were like, we're winning this game mm-hmm. because they know if they score a field goal, San Francisco yep. wins on whatever. Yep. Now, one of the wrinkles of it is on the first possession— if there's a pick six or a safety, game's over. The yep. defense wins. I, I've been on yep. the sidelines for one of those. And they almost threw a pick. And they did, yeah. But A beautiful uh, throw, though. It was, right in it, his hands. But it, was, it wouldn't have been pick six. He would have fallen because he was falling to the ground. I'm no, just but say, then they would just have to kick a field kick goal. Kick a field goal and the game's over, yep. yeah. But the um, I was on the field for uh, walk-off safety with Cameron Wake on Halloween night in 2014, I want to say. It was a fun game. Um, and it, it literally happened at the stroke of midnight. It was Halloween night and it came All Saints Day. I told Coach Philbin after the game, happy All Saints Day, Coach. He's like, yeah, that's funny, Father. But it was a great Super Bowl. Um, Mahomes is the difference. Now, I'm t- I, I, it took me a while to fall asleep because it was just it was so much uh, to, to, to take in because it is the Super Bowl. And Mahomes, there's a lot of hyperbole. He's the best. Yes, he's the best right now. There's Mahomes, like 10 years ago, you put you, you put Brady, Manning, uh, Rodgers, B- maybe Roethlisberger. You all put them in the same stride. Breeze in the same stride. No, mm. it's Mahomes and everybody else. Yep. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, you know, you know, everybody. 
No, they're on a second tier and way behind him because this man went on the road and the toughest with that cast yep. and the toughest playoffs he's ever played. He never played on the road until this year was an underdog in all three games after he beat the Dolphins. Yep. I'll get to the Dolphins in a second. And he still won. This guy finds a way. It's yep. like he's in They kept saying he's inevitable to use the, the Avengers Thanos reference. Um, that's base. That that's football, and we moved to baseball. But before we moved to baseball, thought about the Dolphins. Yesterday when I woke up, at Super Sunday, and then one day, I'm gonna wake up on Super Sunday. It's gonna be our Sunday. It's happened to me twice during my lifetime. I was too young for the first one, Super Bowl oh. seventeen, and we almost beat the Redskins. But I was cognizant of that in Super Bowl nineteen when I was nine years old, and we almost. Not almost. No, 49ers kicked the crap out of us. But, um, yeah. And we thought Marino was going to go to many more Super Bowls. Yeah. He was in more Super Bowl commercials last night than he was in actual Super Bowls. Yep. And oh, the, the uh, M&M commercial. That was no, I need excellent. to go back and watch that. Um, Might have been one of the only commercials I heard. <laughs> well, we spoke. We spent a lot of time walking, talking about one commercial you know, during the first segment. But um, what I was thinking about with the Dolphins is, is that how would we know how the Dolphins stacked up against Kansas City because we played them twice? But how would the Dolphins would have stacked up against San Francisco? We saw that matchup last year in uh, I was going to say Candlestick in Santa Clara, and I'm like, I don't know, we're not there. I mean, maybe our defense at full strength with right. a better coordinator, which we're going to get, maybe, uh, maybe if we add a couple more wrinkles to the offense. Because, for example, Purdy, I would see go back drop back to throw and survey the field, which is something Tua does not do because, not because he can't do it, it's because that's the way the offense is designed because yep. they want the ball in his hands. First so read out quick. Yeah. So, and it's interesting, that, and, they, and Scott Van Pelt made the point last night, it was a murderer's row for Kansas City because you had the, the Dolphins, and he said it, highest octane offense in the league this year. You had the Bills, which, you know, were better than the record stayed on the road in Orchard Park. You had the MVP and the Ravens, best defense mm-hmm. in the league, on the road for the AFC Championship. And then you had the Niners with the best team in the NFC all year. Yep. But go back to Christmas Day. And we talked about this two weeks ago. Ravens kicked the crap out of the Niners in Santa Clara. And the Chiefs didn't complete a pass beyond the first quarter against the Raiders and threw and had two pick sixes in the third quarter and got killed by the Raiders. And whose home stadium they won a Super Bowl last night. Wow. So when I think about the Dolphins, like next year you got to go and you got to face, I don't think we play Kansas City next year. And I'm positive we don't. But you still got, but let's say go through the playoffs. Kansas City and Mahomes. Josh Allen and the Bills. Lamar Jackson and and, and the Ravens. Justin Herbert and Jim Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. Be a better team. And the Chargers. Okay, that was our first game this year. It was a good game. That was a flawed team. I mean, not at that moment. Became a flawed right. team because that loss does a lot mentally. But it's going to be a tough. And then Joe Burrow comes back to, uh, you know, to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yep. You know, Trevor Lawrence. You got C.J. Stroud in Houston. Did something that two has not done. Mm-hmm. Won a playoff game this year. Yep. So it's... Uh, you know, and they're going to pay two a lot of money this offseason. And, and I read yesterday that the deal may be imminent. 
Joe Burrow money. As George just spilled his water all over him because he's thinking about the millions, <laughs> the fifty million that two is going to make next year. But yeah, that's um, that's oh boy. So football season is over. It is. Oh man, bring on the baseball. I won the playoff pick them. You did. I did. <laughs> backed into it. Nobody picked the Chiefs. I at backed all. into nope. it. Father Andrew would have won if San Francisco. He's the only one that picked San Francisco. So that was fun. So now baseball pitchers and catchers report in three days. The Marlins traded for Gordon, Nick Gordon, Nick Gordon, Nick Gordon, a little brother of uh, D. Really, D. Strange Gordon. I, d- I did not know that. Yeah, I did not know that. There's a Johnny Carson thing there. Um, I've told you this over the last several weeks. Neither of us are going opening day because it's Holy Thursday. Um, maybe we'll go on Mon- Easter Monday because it's the Angels and Mike Trout's in town. But I'm not feeling it. Not just the Marlins, just baseball in general. Usually after, uh, usually after Super Bowl, I'm like, okay, let's go baseball. Bring yeah. it on. We, we had the, you went to the Caribbean Series. Tell me about the. Tell us. Oh man, those crowds were phenomenal. I've been. I have to say, we ragged on the pitch clock at the beginning of last season, and we're, I'm spoiled by it now. Those games felt like. Okay, they didn't have the pitch clock. No, they felt interminable. We left early because it was our. We had the kids there, and it was like, "Oh my god, it's we're only in the sixth inning, and I'm losing my mind here." <laughs> so pitch clock. <laughs> I like it. Okay, I like it. I think they're shaving a couple of seconds off or yeah. something like that. Whatever, um, you know. But the crowds, I have. I don't know how Marlins ownership sits in those in their boxes, looking at. A full house. 36,677 36, for the final. I don't know how much I had for the All-Star game several years ago, but I want to say, was it one of the most attended game in that park's history? Yep. It's the most attended Caribbean series ever. Um, You look at that and you say, okay, you have a Latin American fan base down yep. here. Play to that. Yep. Sign. I'm not saying don't sign Nick Diaz, but sign the Caribbean or the Latin American superstars. Yep. Because what is Los what do Los Angeles and Seattle do? They know they have Japanese fan bases. Mm-hmm. They sign the Japanese superstars. Yep. And I know it's, this is a little racial, maybe a little xeno it's not xenophobic. It's just just plain it's like so hire the Venezuelan superstar. I mean or sign the Venezuelan superstar. Sign, you know, the uh the Cuban superstar. Mm-hmm. Because when Jose Fernandez, I mean, it didn't, it didn't move. It was starting to move the needle. But when well, did, Jose Day, Jose Day was big. Those were big days. You know, Sandy is out this season, but but Sandy it doesn't move the needle. He doesn't. They've done the Sandy Beach and all that stuff. It's just like, eh. Well, the final sold out. They were selling standing room only tickets. My in laws went to the final, and they said the place was standing room and then, and was won. packed. And it went since 2009. So I don't, I, I don't know how front office looks at that and goes, yeah, I don't, I don't want to invest big time here. Because they're making money on this, Jorge. They're making money on this, and they're making money on the WBC, and they're making money on concerts. And it's like, because they own the place. It's not, that, it's not like you and I are getting, and the county's getting the money, or the city's getting the money. You know, yeah, let's, you know, but... Can you imagine that over uh, 81 home games? Yep. First of all, over 81, I mean. 
well, you and granted, I go to the, uh, Marlins Reds on a Tuesday at 6 p.m. won't draw 36,000. I know this, <laughs> okay? But also, parking and the concession lines, when the stadium's that packed, is a nightmare. Did they well, figure it out? But didn't seem to be an issue with the... No, it's uh, not. Caribbean series. I, I don't, like I've always said, I don't mind the small crowds because I can move around. And oh, can, for sure. And I don't have to wait in line. For sure. And, but and last park. week, last week disproved all these narratives. The, it is a baseball town. Parking, 36,000 found a way to park and get yeah. in the stadium. Concessions, 36,000 managed. They're the parking too much. So, uh, yeah. It's baseball. By the way, while baseball that was, works. And the stadium was packed on more than one occasion while the Heat were playing at home. So you could have both at the same time. Yep. And speaking of the heat, it's a good segue. Ay, eighth in the East. I went to a game last week before I went to retreat on Sunday night against the Clippers. And, you know, they held, you know, I didn't watch any of the Boston game, but it was a close score without Jimmy and had a death in the family. We prayed for Jimmy. But they got to figure things out. And they will. It's still too early. It's too early. It's it's February. Jimmy hasn't been activated yet. No, no, no. Himmy. Himmy hasn't yeah, been yeah. activated. He'll get there. And they <laughs> haven't figured out the rotation. Tyler's not playing well. Uh, Panthers continue to roll. You were at a game on Saturday. Thanks we for, were. Thanks for the inviting kids, me. The kids' first game. Not my tickets to give away. I know. <laughs> kids went to their first game and had a blast. They want to go to another. So I'm like, yeah. Father would like to go to one. <laughs> Just one. Anyways. But my schedule is crazy. But anyways. Bob uh, Broski, man. He's good. Oh, shut him out. Shut out. Yeah, Colorado's a good team. A very He's, good team. So, and we manhandled them. Like that was not even close. Ah, Kane's hoop lost. Uh they they made it close at the end against Carolina. Carolina's the number three team in the country at home, but you gotta win that game. Yep. That's a tournament, um, you know, that's resume well, for the they're, tournament. They're in trouble now. Yeah, they're a bit firm. I think they were last four out or something like that. You know, They're gonna have to go and make some noise in the tournament to they, get a chance. They still have a couple of weeks before we get to the ACC tournament. So, but you got to play Duke at some point here. And, and here, uh, Kings baseball season starts on Friday, so we're gonna go think, to one uh, of those games next month. Father Andrew's going. Uh, I don't know if he's going, but his parents are definitely going. He told me this morning, and um, yeah, Waste Management Classic that was uh, went to sudden death. Also, that was a, that was a team that was a uh, that you know. Have you and seen the videos I, that came out of that? Oh, the sixteenth hole. No, I'm talking about the fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They they get they get out of wasted. Hand. Yeah, they, they started limiting <laughs> alcohol because it, it literally they build a stadium around the 16th hole. Oh. So it's like wow, um, it, 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 it it's a great weekend. I'm just so sad that that football that football's done. You know, it's like my goodness, it is. Um, it's done. But the Daytona 500s this weekend. So looking forward to that. Marlins, man. <sighs> Pitchers and catchers this week. We need a DH. We, we need a DH before. And big ho- Solaire's still out there. You know, would you, would you take a flyer on Solaire? Absolutely. Yeah. You, he had a good season last year. Absolutely. I mean, sign him. You know, if he's not been signed yet, I mean, they have to be. Talk- they have to be talking. They have I to just. Be talking. I, I know a full season of Burger and Bell is going to be nice, but we need one more. Yeah. We need one more bopper in there. Really quickly, because you said you didn't hear a lot, you didn't see a lot of or hear a lot of the commercials. Just really quickly, my the Duncan one, you saw Ben Affleck and, yeah. and J Lo didn't look impressed. That was good. The Marino, Dunkings, the the one with Messi and Marino and Ted yeah. Lasso, and it was also very good. Uh, I didn't hear that one. I just the saw Beyonce it. one they say is good, but I didn't really <laughs> see that. I just saw Beyonce and I tuned out. 
uh, obviously what we were geeking out was the, the Wicked trailer and the Deadpool trailer. Came out, yes. Deadpool and Wolverine is the name of the movie. Looking for that. It's not suitable for children, but father's a big fan of the Marvel Universe and uh, also a big fan of Wicked. But $7 million for a movie ad the Super Bowl. That's how they get buzz. It's called buzz. It's called buzz. It's creating buzz. For a movie that's going to get buzz anyway. Yeah, but that's when that's when you release <laughs> these big movies. That's when they release their... What do you care? It's not your money. I, I don't care. I'm just saying that seems like a stupid ad I, buy. I, I get For I, a movie that's going to get, get natural buzz anyway. So we I, we said that the Catholic Church, in the first time, the Catholic Church did not release an ad, but Hallowed App yeah. did. And it was a very, very nice ad with uh, Mark Wahlberg and... Down the room, and so uh, that was that was good. They got uh, they got some nice speakers and or they presenters do. for their pray forty challenge. So. They do. I, I have to, I have to. I, you know what? I haven't downloaded the app, but you're gonna you're gonna see it in the bulletin this weekend and in the thing. Uh, one thing that we didn't talk about was Travis Kelsey, li- you know, lighting into Andy Reid, and that became a meme. And uh, there was a priest, God bless him, Father Joseph Coop, up in uh, I don't know if I got his last name if I pronounced it correctly. He has a podcast also. Uh, he just started going off. It's like, I sent it to I sent yep. one. It's been in the bulletin for the last three weeks. And another one was, you can't hold Andrew in the Our Father. And it was just, <laughs> repent and believe in the gospel. And I put down, Ash Wednesday. It's Ash Wednesday. It's not Valentine's Day. So, yeah, explain that one to the wife. Your wife, I, I, I sent her something about that. Oh, she, she got it now. She no, just, no, but she wasn't about it, I don't think. <laughs> no, she didn't realize it was... Same the day. same day. So what are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah. Nothing. Good. Going hungry. Okay. <laughs> okay. But we said do it on Fat Tuesday. But then it made a good point. It's like, you know, it's cheaper. It's not Valentine's Day. People won't be out on, you know, well, people will be out because it's Fat Tuesday. But, you know, it's in the church calendar. You know, Mardi Gras, come on. Anyways. But, um, but yeah, no, but I, and you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you had no opinion on the Usher halftime performance. Um, I have to go back and watch it because <laughs> they were all dancing and singing in front of you. Your wife had a, she was like, I'm like, I would, I was so yeah, no, she used to, she sat next to me most of the time. You were sitting in the bar stools behind us. So it was like, she, we were close to the TV. Oh. So I got every, almost every, uh, cameo. I was actually, I was surprised that I had to explain to her. I had to explain to your wife that her H period, E period, R period, the artist, was the girl that came out with the electric guitar at one point. So, yeah. we But you did you did notice that Lisa Keys. Yes. You got well, a little too cozy there, uh, Lisa uh, Keys. And, yeah. And uh, two for two married people <laughs> that are married to other people. Um, Ludacris, everybody got not, went nuts when Ludacris came out. I did not get that. And then this morning, I hear, well, Justin Bieber should have come out because he did do some moves that, that Justin Bieber uh, did with him at some, I don't know, whatever. It was a, He's a very gifted performer yeah very very good he did one time he did visually a, it was a nice show i i can yeah tell you about that <laughs> he once did a reenactment <laughs> of gene kelly singing in the rain and it was brilliant and that's tough to do that's one of the most iconic mm-hmm. uh, performances of all time so I, I it was an enjoyable evening um i have to question the sanity of going to a party with a bunch of screaming children in the future but that is i want to be with friends you're my friends that's your life I have to take on your infirmities as well as Jesus did to go back to the first segment. All right, my friends, Lent starts on Wednesday. Spend the next couple of days, if, if you're hearing this before Lent, you know, 
What are you going to give up for Lent? What are you going to do for Lent? More importantly, download the Hallowed app. Our Mass Times, if you go to our website, it pops up right in front of you. We'll put it on social media. Come to get Mass. Get your ashes. And, you know, go to Jesus like the leper did. Kneel before him. Ask to be healed. He gets you to take it from the ad yesterday in the Super Bowl. And you know what? Make this as uh, Matthew Kelly does in there. We didn't mention Matthew Kelly in there, what they do. Make it the best Lent ever. Mm -hmm. Take it as an opportunity that the church and the Lord gives you to draw closer to him. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.